Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here today. My head is about to explode, which means that I had to have somebody else come in to make sure I'm not overreacting. I mean, I don't want to overreact about stuff. I want somebody to keep me in line if I'm being racist, for example. So we have Dan, the common sense man is back. Dan, how you doing? Thanks for being here. Doing great. Thank you for having me, Jason. Excellent. So today, actually yesterday, the former chief science officer for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, this is Dr. Mike Yeadon, comes out and says that there's no evidence to suggest a second wave of COVID should happen. And he says that at least half or, quote, almost all of COVID tests are false positives. Yeah, you heard that right. (laughs) Almost all of them are false positives. Now, this is the guy who used to run the entire research department for one of the largest drug companies in the world. And they are one of the companies that are in stage four trials for this COVID vaccine right now. Am I overreacting or should I be a little uh, upset about this? It's absolutely concerning. Absolutely. You got to look at this gentleman that's been with them for... He was there for 16 years. So... We're not exactly certain of the time period of when exactly he left or how long he's been away, but um, it's obviously he was there long enough to be in the know and understand enough about what's going on and how they are uh, testing and tracking COVID to give a his statement of, you know, hey, these tests aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Which leads me to my next question is, okay, so if he's making this statement, why? Why is he making this statement? Is it, you know, as far as for him, he's out now. What is he concerned? Is he upset with his former company? Does, is he just trying to be honest? What's going on here? The statement is probably accurate because it's also backed up by other people that these tests don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, not to the degree that we would like to see. So, We already know that these tests aren't as good or as accurate as they're supposed to be. He's making the statement that they're really inaccurate. So if they're really inaccurate, then 
one, why are we using them to the extent we're using them? And two, then what is driving this need vaccine? Why do we need it so quickly? Why is that so important? Yeah, well, you know, they asked him in the article or in the interview rather, which was on YouTube. And there's several articles written covering the interview, but basically they asked him a couple of questions that are very interesting. They asked him, so we're basing government policy and civil liberties policy in terms of limiting people to, to six people in a meeting uh, and so forth, all based on what may be completely fake data. His answer was one word, quote, yes. Absolutely. And that's the part that really, I think, gets most people. Why then do I have to wear a mask? Why then do I have to stand six feet away? Why then can I not go to church? Why can't I uh, go to a regular movie theater that's operating normally or a restaurant or one of the other many things that you do in your life? Why, why, why? And that's the part where I think you have all the justification to be extremely frustrating because it is frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, another article from Reason Magazine, they report that the CDC has just updated their best estimate for the fatality rate among Americans with COVID-19 symptoms. It's 0.4%. The regular (laughs) normal flu season kills 0.3%. Okay, now this comes from the CDC. I had to listen to our governor yesterday telling the press that this is the new normal, that masks are here to stay, and that nothing is going to change. Lord Ducey made that statement, huh? I, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going all in, you know. So I'm not sure what it is with all of these politicians and government people. It's really, one of, it's really one of two things. Either they're so incompetent, they have no business being in any kind of position of authority ever, or they're all colluding together to pull off the biggest fraud in the history of the world. So, I mean, it can only be one of the two. Am I wrong? Because of the bias of the uh, media and they're pushing this this narrative of COVID-19 being the killer, we all need to run for the hills, protect yourselves, and trying to lay this at, obviously, uh, the president's feet. You know, it's the president's fault. If we would have had a different president, we would have had different somebody else in power. If it would have been Hillary or whoever they would pick, this wouldn't have been nearly as bad. But the problem is, is there's so much fake news and uh, fear mongering going on interspersed with actual decent information. The regular American, they don't know what to believe. And our politicians, Ohio's governor or Arizona's governor or these, these different governors that are either moderate or claim that they were conservative, if they're in fear of losing power in their position, if they just go to make that stand to say, hey, we don't have enough science to support these lockdowns. We don't have enough science to support these social distancing, these masks and stuff. I'm not enforcing that. We're not going to go that route. Like South Dakota's governor went that route, right? Uh, Sweden decided not to go that route. And I think there's enough information to say, hey, we're not going to do that. But there's the angry mob out there now is taking control. And I don't know if so if they're colluding with one another so much as they're just afraid to take the courage stand and say, hey, this doesn't make sense. We're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely afraid politically. Uh, I think that's definitely part of it. 
but you can't deny that there is some type of global collusion going on. I mean, every country on the face of the earth is shut down. All of the politicians, except for a few, are saying the same thing. The same thing. And you have these global elitist organizations that were having meetings at the end of last year, far before COVID ever became a thing, talking about this exact same thing, talking about how it was going to be the great reset for the world. I mean, there's obviously something going on and it's not right. And the people that the people that haven't instituted these lockdowns, Governor of South Dakota, as you pointed out, Sweden, uh, there was a, there were some others. They did it, you know, and at least I know for sure in South Dakota's case that she did that because it's not constitutional. It doesn't oh, matter absolutely. if they have a scientific mm-hmm. reason or not. There's no justification to take people's rights. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's where we were always coming back to this point in any philosophical or maybe, you know, as you're a law enforcement officer, we talk about the the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law and how we see things and where we operate from. You know, you have the lawyers are in the realm of the letter of the law. That's what they make their living, arguing that back and forth. And I think for the general person and most people, especially for conservatives, were much more keyed into or operate from the spirit of the law. You know, what was the intent? What are we always trying to achieve? We know we can't always get there. But the effort to get there is what keeps things organized, on track, fair, equitable, righteous, whatever terminology you want to use here. Which is exactly what the government's job is to do. Absolutely. Their their job is to protect our rights. Instead, they're taking them all away. Yeah. And that's why I would agree with you that I, I absolutely believe there are the George Soros, the Bill Gates, the, uh, the CCP as a whole. There are people trying to steer this thing for more control. People who have the illusion of absolute power, it corrupts them absolutely because they're going to go after more and more. And I'm going to take care of you by sticking you right up underneath my thumb, my heel, So yeah, I would agree with you. There's absolutely international-sized group. There's no doubt about it. And at this point, Dan, I got to say, I don't don't really see a way out of this. I mean, are they just going to all of a sudden turn around and say, oops, we made a big mistake. There's really no reason for any of this. And we were totally wrong for the last seven months when we wrecked the entire economy and took everybody's rights away. Are they really going to do that? I mean, they're not, right? Like... How are we getting out of this? Man, that is that is the question right there. What is the way forward? Well, uh, that brings me to our next story today. And so this is this is what's coming next in the way forward. At least five Christians were arrested in Moscow, Idaho for singing hymns in the parking lot of City Hall in violation of the mayor's mask and social distancing orders. Okay. Two hundred people showed up. Um, to sing hymns in the parking lot. And at least five people were cuffed and arrested while singing. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's similar to the lady that was uh, arrested and tased the other day for not wearing a mask at a high school football game where she was asked to leave and refused. And then it turned into like a resisting arrest type of situation. As far as I can tell, these people were completely peaceful. They may have just refused to leave and got cuffed. 
But nevertheless, the whole thing started both incidents over the mask. Now, for people that don't know, and like you said, uh, I'm a former law enforcement officer, a mask order is not a law, okay? Laws are passed by the legislature, elected officials. These orders have no teeth. I mean, in my opinion, constitutionally, anybody that has any kind of enforcement action taken against them should fight that to the fullest extent of your rights. I'm not a lawyer, okay? But from the law enforcement side of things, I personally believe that if you took any of this stuff to trial, that there's no jury that would convict you. And and I don't believe that it would hold up under the scrutiny of the court. These are not laws. Well, exactly. Uh, These aren't laws. And I think this is a, this is the thing that, worries me is the fact that you're asking law enforcement to enforce a policy, not a law, a policy. So this police officer, the one in Ohio, I'm assuming here, I don't know. I don't know if he was doing off-duty work for the school there. Like, was this extra hours? Or did uh, somebody call the police? You know, somebody in the stand, a mass Nazi is up there calling the cops because somebody's in there with no mask on. I mean, for anybody that hasn't seen this video, just look it up online. She has probably 15 feet between anybody that's anywhere around her. They're outdoors. Yes. And it's a football game. Yeah. And it's very disturbing. She's completely socially distanced. Exactly. So, and if they were going to spread it, so to speak, you know, if they were going to spread the COVID hoax, then they would have already gotten it from each other. And then once again, this COVID virus is extremely intelligent. I mean, if you go to Walmart or the grocery store, I mean, it's, it doesn't really do much in there, but when you go to the football game outside and no one's around, it attacks. It'll get you. Yeah. And um, it will get you in a church but if you're a homeless community that's practicing no social distancing whatsoever, no mask wearing, and probably has, you know, let's be honest, out of your average citizen, much worse, a worse functioning immune system doesn't seem to affect them all. But if you're a regular functioning member of society, you need to look out. It's definitely gunning for you. Yeah, it's just dumb. Like uh, going back to this, the enforcement of policy and versus law with law enforcement and stuff. I don't like this. It's driving me. It really is getting to me. It's driving me nuts with this stuff. The officer comes to tell her to put on a mask, shouldn't be enforcing that rule to begin with. When they refuse to put the mask on, then it neatly converts into, well, now you're trespassing because you're not allowed to be here. And so now it's quote unquote, no longer the mask that's the issue. It's now trespassing. You've resisted arrest. I can arrest you. And so we just go that whole route. But like you said, it all originated with the mask. I'm very disappointed with that officer. I'm very disappointed with any officer that would ever enforce a mask anywhere, period. I would hope that most officers would say, I did not just get regulated to mask monitor. My job and what I do is way more important than whether somebody has a face diaper on. Yeah. And fortunately, many agencies have come out and said they're not going to enforce this kind of thing. They're just not going to do it. And good for them. And there might not be as many officers around anyway, at least in Seattle. Um, (laughs) Because the Seattle City Council 
you know Seattle, right? Did you see? Have you seen Seattle on the news recently? Have you seen that at all? Uh, no, I haven't seen it recently. No. Well, they've been on the news every day. Their city is on fire. Okay, the city council just voted uh, seven to two, and they overrode the horrible mayor Durkin's three vetoes. So this horrible mayor up there, the one who wouldn't take back the chop zone, wouldn't uh, do anything to address these people, caused, I think, is partly responsible for the deaths of people in that zone when she refused to go in and restore order. This terrible mayor tried to veto the city council and their efforts to defund the police department. Three times they overrode her seven to two. They are cutting... 3.6 3.6 million, I'm sorry, $3.4 million from the department's budget, which is going to cost them about a hundred officers. Okay. <laughs> I think that's going to be my next vacation spot. What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't you want to go and see the space needle? Uh, Pike's marketplace. Not I mean, anymore. Like, not yeah. anymore. Oh, absolutely not. It, you got to wonder in places like Seattle. See, uh, on my radar, it, it's always been more, a little bit more Portland, just I think only for the simple fact that it just breaks my heart that a place that has so many wonderful microbreweries is experiencing such the issue it is. But the thing is with these cities at uh, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, it's so sad that it's so obvious. We need police officers. You have a society, anything over, I don't know how many people you want to say, maybe 150. You need somebody that plays referee. We have the rule of law in this country. That's what police officers are. They're trying to make it so that we all follow the same rules. And within operating in those laws, we all have prosperity cannot believe anybody who would think that getting away from law enforcement is just an outstanding idea. And the, pay- and the places where it's, it's hurting the most is with the groups that you say the law enforcement is after. You say they are after Black Americans, but the places that are suffering the worst is where more Black Americans live. Uh, I did a whole show on this. You know, you probably heard it last week or whatever. I mean, I... They're going to drive all the cops out and then there's going to be nobody left. I mean, who's going to want to do that job? Nobody. Oh, absolutely not. As you said in your show, okay, so I get rid of the officers, then then what is left? Uh, just society, neighborhood justice? No, no, oh. no, no. They want, you didn't hear uh, Colin Kaepernick and Kamala Harris uh, and everybody else. They're going to send social workers out to save you when you call 911. Yeah, that's, that's what they say. Uh, yeah, it's going to be social workers. They're going to talk you down because that works all the time, right? No, what's really going to happen is as soon as there is a void a power void, and that's what it is in a sense, a power void, there's going to be another power that takes over. Uh, case in point, let's look at Nazi Germany and Hitler. I get rid of law enforcement and my brown shirts take effect. And then shortly after them, the SS. Bada boom, bada bing, there you go. Yeah, so, I think that's part of the plan, actually. The Lincoln Project. These are the so-called Republicans that are dedicated to protecting any, uh, Americans and keeping the Constitution in place and, it's, and making sure that anybody that would destroy the Constitution will be marginalized. So these are the elitist type Republicans. And if you oh, go never on their, Trumpers. Oh, yeah. 
And if you go on their website, the big effort right now is to end Lindsey Graham and make sure that the Supreme Court nominee is not chosen before Election Day. Now, these guys irritate me because they're always doing stuff like this. And that's not all they're doing. They're calling out for all of the patriots that are out patrolling Louisville streets right now in the wake of all these riots that are happening. Um, there's a bunch of patriots out there carrying guns, trying to help the police maintain order. Well, right. the, the Lincoln Project is calling for them to all be doxxed and have all their information exposed on the web. Now, I, I'm sick and tired of these people that say they're Republican but act like socialists. <laughs> I had Dan McCarthy on this show last week, yes. and, and he basically said, look, these guys are all the same. They do the same things, and there's really no difference between the parties, and that's why he's pushing for a third party. But I don't want to get off on that tangent, but I mean, he's, he's absolutely right about that, and it's been that way for some time. I'm sick and tired of these people. These people that are used to being in politics, being in play for a couple, if not several generations, um, I'm used to being here in Washington, D.C., I'm used to being in the seat, and this is the way we do things, and as long as we keep power and control money, that's the best thing, and for the longest time, it hasn't been about the people, quote-unquote, we're supposed to represent. The thing our founding fathers were trying to avoid but unfortunately, you can't rule out or get rid of corrupt human nature. There needs to be a lot more accountability, and there needs to be things put into play that make it much more difficult and uncomfortable for certain people to do the types of things that they're doing. How do they go in a regular person and come out a multimillionaire? That's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. <laughs> All right, let's get on to number five. I don't know. Can we say lobby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get on to number five. This is my number one stupidest story of the week. Okay. Max Kellerman. You know him, right? On ESPN? Oh, yes, Max. So I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, UFC fighter Colby Covington, he came out kind of slamming the woke movement and went up against LeBron James and so forth over the weekend. So he's obviously a conservative guy. And, and you know, I guess Max doesn't like that. So anyway... Oh, brother. You know, Kellerman comes out saying that for Covington to invoke his politics to be relevant, he, he wished he would have discussed Black Lives Matter and the protests and the George Floyd incident and, and then the Jacob Blake incident and so forth. And Kellerman says that 93% of the protests have been peaceful. And he added that a big percentage of the violent protests are the result of extreme right-wing agitators. Right-wing oh. agitators? <laughs> what is he talking about? What is this guy talking about? Every single one of these protesters, every single one of them is a Democrat or an aligned agent. Every single one. I mean, I can't even believe it. I can't believe this guy would say it. This oh, is the it, stupidest thing I've heard all year. All right. Go. <laughs> What's your take? Go. <laughs> Here's my take. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, first I got to laugh at these guys. Uh, it just, I, I just find it so funny that people uh, get so triggered over the most inane things that just make no sense. Uh, that's the one thing that I, 
I think I've appreciated about being on this side of the aisle, I guess, uh, or this side of the wing, the right wing, whatever, conservative, is the ability to agree to disagree. Because even conservatives disagree with one another. It happens. To, to varying degrees on whichever policy or subject you talk about, we have the ability to disagree. And it's okay, and then we move on, and we don't lose our minds. And this guy, who's on the side of uh, liberals and his viewpoints, and they're doing this cancel culture. Well, I don't believe in the cancel culture, but I do believe in accountability. If you're making something, a statement in that position on national television as a fact, and it comes up as a lie, bare minimum, you should have to apologize. Bare minimum. And, and you know you have a huge audience. Where is the responsibility in the statements? It'd be one thing if Keller says, I disagree with him. I think he should have said something along this line because this is the way I feel. Not a problem. You get to do that. Give me a break. And Kellerman is an ESPN commentator. I mean, this guy's a sports commentator. Yeah, you talk about sports, guy. He doesn't know anything about anything. And if he does, it's not the place. No, no, that's not the venue for that. That's... I, mean, I mean, dude, you're on the air to talk about sports. So Absolutely. talk about sports. And he's completely, and by making that statement, uh, side note, he's completely missing the fact of why sports right now is plummeting in viewership because of what he's doing right there. Yeah, we talked about this last time. Stop being, stop being social justice warriors. Nobody wants that in their sports. That's they what they say. You go, you go woke, you go broke. <laughs> All right, Dan. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on and keeping me straight today. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for having me on, man. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 